Well, I think many of us here this morning would freely admit that many of life's biggest breakthroughs um, come on the far side of breakdowns. Um, it's so often that it's in the wake of doing something wrong that we then learn and grow and figure out how to do it right. And, and that reality, um, because that is the case, it requires that we calibrate our expectations accordingly. And, and that means that we give ourselves and we give each other long runways of grace. Don't we need long runways of grace to be able to fail, to grow, to move forward and figure things out? Um, and what's true on, on a human level, I believe it also applies to spiritual realities. It applies to, to cultivating our friendship or, or our walk with the Lord. And that's what we're going to look at a little bit this morning. We're in the second week of a series. It's called Speak Up, Listen Up. And I borrowed that title um, from a book on prayer that we're making available. It looks like this. It says, Speak Up, God is Listening. Listen Up, God is Speaking. And it's all about attending to and cultivating a connection, a friendship, a relationship, a walk with God. And so I want to encourage you, uh, we, we've made copies of this book available. Uh, pick one up, uh, read it, maybe go through it with a friend or a prayer partner and, and talk about what you're learning, how it's challenging you, and how you're growing through it. So to state the obvious, um, it's not always easy to figure out how doing life with Jesus is supposed to work, right? I mean, in a way, it's so simple, but in another way, it is a little bit complicated. There's, there's a mystery to connecting our lives to someone who is real, but we can't see, who's, who's all-powerful, but isn't always immediately responsive in the way we might expect with someone who speaks, but not necessarily in a way that we can hear with our physical ears. These are, these are realities to the life of faith, and the reality is there's a learning curve to it. And, and that means it might take a little bit of time to figure out how it works. Um, you know, when we open up the Bible, when we open up to the Gospels and we see Jesus and, and we read about him and how even his closest friends and followers, when they interacted with him, we see that they wrestled a lot with the same thing, the same things that we do. They had a hard time figuring this guy out. What is this Jesus about? How does he work? What does he want? And I think that makes them a lot like us, right? They, they failed they failed early and often, but on the far side of that failure, they, they were able to figure it out. And I don't know about you, but to me, that sounds like good news uh, because it means we are all, we're all on a learning curve of faith when it comes to connecting our lives to Jesus Christ. And when we see how incredibly long a runway our Savior extended to them, it reminds me that there's grace for all of us, to grow, to fail forward, and to figure it out. I want to invite you to open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 10, and we're going to walk through a story, an episode of someone who found themselves on the very steep ends 
of the learning curve. Someone who was in process of figuring out what Jesus wanted, what mattered most, and she's figuring it out by failing at it in spectacular fashion. And finding out all along the way that all the grace she needed to keep on going, to grab hold of, it was, it was right there for her. Just like it's right there for us every step along the way. So in Luke chapter 10 and verse 38, it tells this, this episode. And I'm going to read it. You can read along with me. It says this. And as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to him teaching, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. So this is a story about Martha. Uh, Martha is a well-meaning saint who, despite the best of intentions, steps up to the plate and strikes out in royal fashion, right? She welcomes Jesus into her home, and then she proceeds to basically blow it big time. And, you know, I'd love to point the finger at her. I'd love to criticize her, but I can't. The reason being is that Martha reminds me way too much of myself. And maybe she reminds me of you, or reminds you of you as well. uh, Because the reality is this, the same way that Jesus entered into Mary's home is the same way he enters into our hearts and our lives. And, And don't we so often just find ourselves doing the same kind of things that Mary did? We we busy ourselves so easily. We get distracted and we lose sight of what it is that that matters most. And so to clarify this situation that we're looking at this morning, and and our dear uh, friend Mary, her devotion is not what's in question here. Whether Martha loved Jesus or not is not the issue either. And no one would ever accuse Martha of being lazy She has energy, she has enthusiasm in spades, but she had a challenge, and the challenge Martha faced had to do with with the assumptions and the expectations that she carried into her walk with Jesus. See, just like us, she brought these assumptions in about who Jesus was, about what he expected, about what mattered most, and through this Through this story, as it unfolds, she learns that some of those assumptions she was carrying around, they needed some some adjusting. Maybe we'll learn the same thing this morning. And so at the start of this story, uh, when it sets out, doing for Jesus is Martha's default setting. That's where she's at. Serving Jesus is what she believed mattered more than anything else. And it's really not all that surprising when you look at what's happening here. This this guest of honor had just walked inside her home, and Martha, she just wants to make this time as special as it can possibly be. You know, there were expectations in her culture, as there are in our day as well, that, that come with hosting someone. 
particularly hosting a guest of honor. And the time when, when we would pull out all the stops, right? When we would take out the fine china, we'd do everything you possibly can to make sure this time with this guest that is under your roof reflects how much he matters to you. And so Luke, as he's writing this account, he paints this contrast. There's, that, that there's these two sisters, and while her sister Mary sat, Martha served. And that's kind of the first clue that we pick up, this hint that something might be going askew here with Martha. With Martha. It says, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, which is basically just a way of saying she was kind of in student mode. She was in learning mode. She was attentive. She was dialed in, and she listened to his teaching. But it says Martha was distracted with much serving. So these two sisters, their reflex responses couldn't be more different, right? Mary sits, Martha serves. Mary's default is to be with Jesus Martha's is to do for Jesus. And of the two, Martha would be the one who would fit best in our culture today, wouldn't she? I don't know what you think, but we ascribe such high value on the doers. It's what the Home Depot calls them, the ones who get things done, right? The, the ones who put in the work and make it happen. They're the ones that matter. And then we... We heap on extra applause when it comes to doing good things, when it's connected to the right reasons. And for crying out loud, what's the problem? You know, Martha Martha is serving after all. It's not like she's out stealing candy from kids or something like that, right? She is literally serving the Lord, literally, right? Um, And serving is a core value for every Christ follower, every Christ follower's life. We put a high value on serving here at Lakeview, and and this scene isn't meant to be an indictment against serving. If you're looking at this and saying, oh, good, I can can jump off the, uh, you know, the greeting team. I don't want to serve. No, that's not what this is about. Um, It's showing us how a good thing can turn into a bad thing when it distracts us from the best thing. Are, are, Are you tracking with me on that, okay? Good things turn into bad things when they take us away from the best thing. And therein lies the challenge. Therein lies one of the most important life skills we can ever cultivate, the ability to distinguish the good from the best. So serving and doing for Jesus, it's good. It's a good thing. It's one of the ways we work out our walk with the Lord but it's that foundational connection, that, that being with him, that's the best thing. That's what matters most. And serving can and it should supplement that, but not supplant it, as oftentimes happens. And, and Martha, just basically, where she's at, she hasn't figured that out quite yet. She will, but she hasn't yet. And so she's got this just passion to serve And it sends her into a bit of a tailspin, as you might have noticed. She's just so wrapped in what she's doing. Distracted is is how Luke describes her. And that's one of the leading descriptors of our day and age, isn't it? We are a distracted generation. 
And uh, a lot of times we're distracted disciples as well, wrapped up in our own realities, all the things that we've busied ourselves with. And, and being busy with the good has a way of blinding us from the best. We lose sight of what matters most and we miss out on, on the big picture. And for Martha, that led to bigger problems. So she starts getting bent out of shape. That sister Mary is sitting there, not helping her out. What is going on here? Why is she sitting instead of serving with me? Doesn't she see? Doesn't she have a clue that there's a lot that's got to get done? What is wrong with that girl? And she even actually starts spewing at Jesus. Jesus, what's wrong with you? Why haven't you stepped in and directed my sister to give me a little help in here? I'm all on my own. That's actually Martha's prayer. Lord, you obviously don't care about me because if you did, you would tell her to get with the program and give me a little bit of help. Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? Now, don't mind Martha. She's having a little bit of a meltdown. She'll be okay, but she's, like we said, she's a lot like us, isn't she? Have you had any, any Martha moments lately? You know, the holidays, they're, they're just behind us, and man, the busyness of the holiday season is like prime time for Martha meltdowns. And, uh, and, and just in case you haven't figured it out, this is not a female problem. Don't go there, all right? Don't do that. This is a people problem. This is what happens when we lose perspective. We start spiraling. Why, why isn't everybody jumping on board with me, right? There's a reason. It's because you are riding on the crazy train. <laughs> but we typically aren't very open to hearing that kind of feedback when we're in that state. And, and I got to say for myself, I'm just grateful that God chose Martha and to highlight her less than best moments and not mine. Because I would have given him plenty of material. There's plenty of times I've been there and uh, he didn't choose that. Amen. Can I get an amen to that? Are you guys happy about that? Yes. Uh, so at this point, the tension is very high, right? This, uh, the temperature in the room is, is rising. And this leads to what, at least for me, this is the best part of the whole thing. The gentle way that Jesus responds to Martha in the middle of her meltdown, and he just redirects this dear woman that he just loves and cares for so deeply. He calls her by name, and he points her to what matters most. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. So maybe... We can just hit the pause button for a moment. I want to invite each of us to insert our own name in the place of Martha's name here and receive this word, these words as Jesus speaking directly to you. You might need to hear this. This may be the most important thing that you hear all morning. Brian, Brian, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. You know, maybe you walked in this morning 
and you're feeling a whole lot like Martha. There's just so much going on. The list is swirling around in your head and the things that you need to get done, it's just completely overwhelming you. And you've got these expectations that you've put on yourself or maybe someone else has has put them on you and it's causing all kinds of trouble in your life. I, I want to invite you to let Jesus' word sink deep into your soul as he speaks to you. My dear friend, you're anxious and you're troubled about many things, but only one thing is necessary. See, what Jesus spoke to Martha, I believe he's also speaking to us. These are the words of the one who who knows you, who loves you, who cares for you like no one else does. He's saying this this doing orientation that we dial our lives in on, the only thing it's doing is it's destroying you. It's filling you with anxiety, with, with, with all kinds of trouble. It's blowing up your relationships. It's making you and everyone around you just kind of miserable. And maybe the most important thing to hear is that that is not what Jesus wants, and it's not what he expects from his people. So please hear that. Doing for is not the baseline Jesus expects or intends his followers to live out of. Being with is the baseline. Or let me say it this way. um, We don't matter to Jesus because of what we do for him. It's the inverse. We, We do what we do for Jesus as an overflow of how much we matter to him already. Now that's... That may sound like a minor point, but I guarantee you that is a point that if you get it can lead to a significant breakthrough in your spiritual walk with the Lord. So what is that one thing that Jesus is so adamant with Martha that this is the one thing that is essential, that is necessary? What what is it according to Jesus that matters most? What does he expect from his people? It's the very thing Sister Mary had been doing right there from the start. Be with him. Sit with him. Carve out the space for him to speak into your life and listen to what he says and live from that. So here's the amazing reality is the same one who who spoke the universe into existence, who sustains our world on a moment-by-moment basis, who went to the cross to win our salvation. He wants to speak into our lives. And this is an invitation. We oftentimes see it as obligation. It's invitation. And his is the voice that needs our attention most. I don't know if you've noticed, there are a lot of voices that are calling out at us every day, all the time. And they do the same thing. They tell us, here's who you are. Here's what's expected. Here's what matters. For some of us, we're dialed into the voice of accomplishment. 
You matter because of what you do. That may have been the Martha mode, right? There's also the, the voice of materialism. You matter because of how much you have. There's the voice of approval. You matter because the right people affirm you and like you and accept you. There's the voice of despair. doesn't matter what you do. You are never going to make it anything out of yourself. There's the voice of, distract, the voice of distraction. It's too complicated. Tune out. Turn off that. Turn on something. Turn on a show. Look at a screen, and you can get away from it all. There's the, the voice of self-help. You can do anything you want. That one, like the others, they all come with byproducts like the stress and the anxiety and the denial that if I can do whatever I want and yet my life looks the way that it is, then the problem must be me. Where do I go from there? Here's the reality. There's simply no substitute for the voice of Jesus in our lives. And maybe it would be helpful to think about it this way. We've we've got uh, these distraction devices we call smartphones, right? Uh, uh, maybe we turn them into devotion devices, you know. Um, but there's calls that we get, and there's some calls that we pick up, and there's other calls that we just ignore. Send to voicemail. And Jesus has your number in his contact list, and he calls. And the one thing that he wants, the most important part of what any of us will do on any given day is simply this. Answer the call. Pick it up. Make space to listen to him. So if we're to take this and, and kind of flesh it out in very practical terms, this scene, it kind of gets played out each and every day of our lives. On a day-to-day basis, we are either living out each day in, in Mary mode or in Martha mode. Either distracted by everything that's going on around us or devoted to the one. And so how do we answer that call? We answer it by just simply carving out space to connect with Jesus. Uh, over the years, uh, Christ followers have called this and put labels on it in different ways. They called the quiet time, uh, devotion, um, It's just simply a matter of making space to hear from our Savior. And, you know, it's at this point where, at least in my upbringing, people tended to get really legalistic about this. Here's what you have to do. Here's how much time you have to spend. Uh, I don't want to go there this morning, so I'm just going to leave it at this. Make enough space in your day to be with Jesus So his voice is the one that's echoing loudest throughout the rest of your day. That's it, right? And so there's a rhythm to it, this rhythm of of daily Bible reading and and prayer, um, opening up this book. It's these, these are the things that we're kind of focusing on this month, connecting. And, you know, uh, we hear the voice of Jesus. He's speaking all the time. He's speaking in so many ways. The primary way that the Holy Spirit imparts the voice of Jesus into our hearts is his living word. And so I would encourage you, uh, 
get your Bible out, open it up. And you know what? It's a confusing book. There's a lot of here that you won't understand. But basically, I would just start with this. Start with a prayer. Holy Spirit, reveal to me what you want me to hear from you today. Open it up. Listen to it. Read it as though you're hearing from the Lord. And then uh, grab yourself a notebook or a journal and just write down what you're learning. Write down, uh, you know, respond to it. Maybe even write down a prayer. There's going to be a lot that you won't understand, but here's the good news. There's going to be some that you will understand. And uh, what we don't understand isn't the issue so much as, as what we do understand and what we're doing with it. Uh, Hebrews describes the word of God as living and active, the primary means through which Jesus speaks into our lives. And that we all need, we need it. We need to hear from him um, just as much as we need food for our physical bodies every day. And so there's... Uh, there's all kinds of resources to do that. If you've got a phone, which I know we all do, there's apps you can, you can use to help with that. Um, and uh, um, it's a practice. And, you know, some call it, describe these as spiritual disciplines. Maybe it's sort of like a workout for your soul, right? And, and that means when you start out, you're not good at it. So that's okay, Right? You start working out, you go to the track, and maybe you make it around the track once. Celebrate that. You know, that's good. Start there, and uh, you just go from there, and you build it up. But that one thing that matters most is setting aside that space to simply be with our Savior, with your Savior, to let him speak into your soul. And I'm expecting you may push back on that like, there's a part of me that pushes back on that. Sounds good, Pastor Brian. I wish I could. I actually want to, but you have no idea what my life looks like. You have no idea how much I have going on. It's just not possible. And you'd be right about this one thing. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't uh, check your day, your day schedules or your calendar. But Jesus knows what's going on. And here's what I've figured out in my walk with the Lord. If I am too busy to take that call and be with him, then I'm too busy. And something's got to change. I'm doing life in Martha mode. And, and that means, by definition, I will be missing out on something so much greater and so it means something good is probably going to have to drop. But know this, whatever it is, it's worth it. Don't let the good keep you from missing out on the best. Because over time, as the good distracts us from the best, it'll only damage our lives, it'll ruin our relationships, and it will empty out our souls and so I am, I am learning continually and relearning that I, I can't help. I have to take the time to listen to the Lord. Because if I don't, I will inevitably let those other voices in. And I'll just find my life in a place where I just do not want to be. And I'll be living with stress and anxiety. 
And the voice of Jesus doesn't do that. The voice of Jesus doesn't add stress and anxiety into our lives. He speaks peace. He speaks life. He speaks hope. And yes, he will call us to do, but it's a doing that comes out of and emerges out of being with him. And it's a beautiful thing. And so there's hope for distracted disciples like Martha, like me, and you, all of us. On the other side of these moments of breakdown, oftentimes that's where the breakthrough starts. And this runway of grace that God allows, that he gives, that he holds out to us, know this, it is as long as it needs to be. And so Jesus continues to call. He has and he will. So let's, let's pick up that call. Let's live out this day, today, and tomorrow, and each day with his voice being the one that echoes loudest in our hearts and minds. Pray with me.